Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. On this week's episode, we have Justin and Lauren. It's that time of the year again when science celebrates those who've conducted outstanding achievements in research, but maybe not in the most glamorous or seemingly important topics. That's right, it's the Ig Nobel Prizes time for 2015, and this week we'll be looking at the first two winners in physics and biology. So Justin, it's that kind of time again. Uh, the time to uh, to prepare for the incoming summer and watching the leaves come back on our trees and then have rain the next day? More like the time to find out that we have answers to questions that no one asked. Oh, okay. So, like what? Like, uh, why why the sky is blue? How we can beat cancer? What, what makes all that dark matter in the universe hidden? No, those would be <laughs> real questions that we want real answers to. Oh, okay. Instead, this is stuff like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, instead, this is stuff like, how can we unboil an egg? Ah. Well, I, look, sometimes when you really, really stuff up baking, I guess that's a question that you can ask. Mm-hmm. How do we separate a cake back out again? I made horrible decisions. I did not mean to put cinnamon with Nutella. Look, I, I don't think that's a horrible decision. I think you just got to play your cards right on that recipe. But you're right. Yeah, that that's that's a that is a decision I would like to know the answer to. So why is it this time of year to help me solve terrible decisions and things I didn't know I wanted solutions to? Because it's that time of year when we get to award amazing prizes to fantastic, interesting research. It's time for the ignoble prizes. Ah, the Ig Nobel Prize, something we've talked about many years now on our podcast, Lagrange Point. It's been running for 25 years based out of Harvard University, and it's it's for scientists who have conducted interesting research in a topic that no one really necessarily was looking for an answer for. (laughs) And they stream the award ceremony live across the world, and it's basically a collection of the weirdest and most wonderful scientific prizes that you can po- oh, scientific research you can possibly imagine, and it's organised by the magazine The Annals of Improbable Research, which is co-sponsored by the Harvard Radcliffe Society Physics and Science Fiction Association from Harvard Uni, and they've been running since uh, 1991, and they award ten prizes a year. It's basically like the hilarious version or master troll version of the Nobel Prizes, which are coming in the next couple of months. It's one of those times where you can't figure out what's funnier. Um, the question itself or the answer to the question and I'm really looking forward to seeing what we've discovered this year in science. Well that's right I mean last year and other years we've even had things like dung beetles navigating celestially (laughs) using the stars um, amongst other amazing stories so I'm always keen to find out what exactly people have accomplished this year. Now it's very important to, to note that we're not mocking the Nobel, the Nobel Prize, or the Ig Nobel Prize either, where the research that these people are doing are interesting, and it's real science. It's not fake science. It's real science done in a very methodical and clear fashion with real results that are important. It's just, they're not necessarily the first question you'd think to ask.
So Justin, what's the first award for this year's Ig Nobel Prize? So the first thing we're going to talk about today is the Ig Nobel Prize for Chemistry. Now you'll notice a bit of a pattern here, they basically follow pretty much the same format as the Nobel Prize. But the Ig Nobel Prize for Chemistry has been run by a collection of researchers from both Australia and the United States for a joint collective paper on the shear stress mediated refolding of proteins from aggregates and inclusion bodies. Can you say that again in non-scientific jargon? Well, the abstract gets even more jargony by recumbent protein overexpression of large proteins and bacteria often results in insoluble and misfolded proteins. Broke down these large proteins in an interesting way and then tried to smooth them all out. And what this all means is they really did this using hen's eggs because that's where you get a large congregation of proteins, amongst other things. And what this paper really comes out to saying is they found a way to unboil an egg. Justin, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before in the podcast. Well, you have a good memory, Lauren. Um, Any astute listeners listening to LaGrange Point over the last year will recognise that we actually talked about this research when it was first done earlier this year. Um, And that was when it was published in episode, or we talked about it in episode 103 of LaGrange Point. Um, So that's cast your mind back almost a year ago now, uh, when we discussed the unfolding of an egg and smoothing out and recombining the proteins to actually get it back to its original state. It's a nice way to actually acknowledge that these researchers from the University of Adelaide... um, the University of Western Australia and several other people from the United States as well actually managed, you know, to figure out a way to unfold and unorganize these proteins. Basically, like straightening out a big bunch of cooked spaghetti, which is effectively what they found a neat and innovative way of doing using some complex chemistry. And why do we care about this? Well, you know, okay, aside from reverse engineering baking disasters... The same process that you can use for unboiling an egg can actually be really useful, very, very useful for smoothing out and helping improve the drug creation process, especially for treatments for things like cancers, where you need to grow a lot of proteins and it basically enables you to boost the potency as well as speed up and make the manufacturing process much more efficient. So whilst it may seem like a very, very silly thing, unboiling an egg, it actually has a lot of useful applications to the world. So, the Ig Nobel Prize for Physics has gone to a very, very uh, interesting problem that I'm pretty sure... Everyone's sort of wondered about, really, since they were little and really started to discover bodily functions as a thing that they needed to be aware of. But researchers from Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, not Atlantis, Atlanta, um, have researched and published a significant body of work on the topic of duration of urination does not change with body size. And yes, it is exactly what it says on the tin. So, Lauren, what exactly is happening here? <laughs> so, what's happened here is that the um, researchers from the Georgia Institute of Technology have actually studied 32 different animals, like 32 different types of animals, 
to measure how long exactly it is that they urinate. Oh, right, and look, this may seem, seem absurd, but like logically when you think about it, a mouse is a really different size to an elephant. And mm-hmm. surely, like, there's a difference in the amount of time that it takes them for this essential bodily function. Like, in a pure matter of physics, surely they're not the same number. I mean, surely there's a lot more liquid inside of an elephant than there is inside of a mouse. Like, you could fit a whole bunch of mice inside of an elephant. So, really, yeah. there should be a difference in the amount of time it takes. But that's right. Like, it just, it, it's as a logical observation, it seems like it would be true. Except, it seemed almost to confound the researchers when they discovered quite the opposite. So, what, what happened? So, what they found out is that it takes approximately 20 seconds for all of these different types of animals. To urinate. Wow, hang on, whoa. 20 seconds is like just this universal magic number that all these 32 different types of animals, you know, despite the fact that an elephant's bladder is 3,600 <laughs> times larger than a cat. No, it's still, you know, at the same time. That, that <laughs> something is up here. I... <laughs> well, that's the next step, you know. After measuring how long exactly it took, for these animals to urinate, which on average was 20, um, 20 seconds. The next step is, what exactly is causing this, like, constant amount of time? What is the difference between these animals that's still causing this amount of time to happen? Yeah, and look, and, and it, the anim, animals they studied is also really interesting. They didn't just pick animals randomly. They basically found anything that weighs more than three kilograms all follow this rule like some something happens after you're larger than three kilograms that just means nope sorry peeing is going to take 20 seconds for you that's just the way it is it's science law man you've got to follow it like they measured a cat versus an elephant and an elephant's bladder is 3600 times larger than a cat's but it was still followed the 20-second rule. Right, and that, that means the elephant's bladder is, has about 18 litres of capacity, right? So that's a lot of milk jugs. You know, so that's <laughs> six milk milk containers. And a cat's bladder capacity is five millilitres. They are big differences in numbers, guys, and yet they both take the same amount of time to empty. So the question is, what what is causing this difference? And what the scientists found out um, is that... This is actually possible because that larger animals actually have longer urethras. Right, which is, you know, the, the actual essential part or organ related to urination. Like you need, that's where urine goes through. So obviously, the bigger you are, the, the longer your urethra is because that kind of makes sense. You know, the larger animal you are, the, the larger body parts you're going to have. Um, and therefore, that's where gravity really comes into it as well because if you've got a long urethra with a lot of fluid in there, gravity is helping push all that fluid out. And because the urethra is long, the flow rate itself is increased. Right, right. So, you know, even even with just with normal pressure from the organs, there's only so much you can do. You really often also rely on gravity a lot of the time. So, for example, um, they found out that an elephant's urethra is actually one whole metre in length. That That's huge. <laughs> and an elephant actually urinates four metres per second which is basically the same amount of volume as, like, five shower heads in one second. Yeah, I was about to say, I work in water industry for a living and sizing of water flow through pipes. Four metres a second is, like, crazy huge high flows. 
it's like a massive pumping station on full bore and a big pipe is equivalent to that size too. So yeah, five five shower heads. Yeah, that's a lot of water very quickly. Which explains how they managed to get all eighteen liters out in twenty seconds. Yeah, look, geez, that's that's the case. I'm not surprised. So the thing is, if the urethra had actually been shorter, then the elephant would have to take a longer amount of time to um, urinate. And so what um, the scientists have hypothesized is that the longer amount of time it takes to urinate means that the elephants would be more susceptible to predators. Right, so like that 20 seconds is kind of the sweet spot for you to get in there, do your business and leave before someone discovers you and uh, makes you a snack, which I guess makes sense. Definitely, but then what does that mean for us? I mean, we now... We've realized this. This is all cool. Um, we now know that 20 seconds is how long of a bathroom break you need to give give these animals. Is that all we're going to do with this? Yeah, look, Lisa, that's really interesting questions. But what um, is almost more fascinating about this study is that it actually overturns previous assumptions, which was that, you know, bladder pressure and with muscular contraction was the, you know, thing that was driving all this this speed. But by studying this, they kind of, proved it was the opposite and it shows that uh gravity's got a really important role on these large animals and for smaller animals it doesn't really matter and in places where you don't have space uh gravity sorry, in places where you don't have gravity like space it also is changes the whole dynamic so what we're studying here actually has a lot of relevance to astronauts and space travel and the next thing is like figuring out the nature's actually nature is actually using gravity to help with um, this process. Um, the scientists who were researching this have also seen the possibility of maybe using this for water tanks or backpacks or fire hoses to make them more efficient using these same type of processes. Yeah, because if, if, if an elephant's able to dump 18 litres in 20 seconds, that's a damn efficient system for clearing a tank, and that's maybe something you want to you know, copy. Um, and and utilize as well because if they're doing that mostly powered by gravity, then that's you know something we can look to replicate. And so this is what I love that's so phenomenal about these scientists and why they really went the extra yard is they actually uh, the the researcher and 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 his students created a demonstration that empties a teacup, a quart, and a gallon of water in the same duration using a bunch of connected tubes. <laughs> to really just drive home the point. Can I just mention that to do the research for this project, they actually went to a zoo to watch 16 animals relieve themselves and then watch 28 YouTube videos of it happening just to really drive home that they were getting the same results. Look, and if you really, if you want to see this for yourself and if, if you don't believe us, watch the videos of their demonstrations. It's hilarious. Um, it, it involves cups and water not actual urine and animals necessarily so it's okay they, they modeled this they're scientists guys science um you can see the videos created by the george institute of technology led by uh, professor who david who who is the uh, the lead researcher on this study and that has been the reason why they've come home with the gold for their research into the speed of that urination takes in animals over three kilograms in size. And that's why they're the Ig Nobel Prize winners for 2015 for physics. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week, we've talked about the winners of the Ig Nobel Prize, the award for fantastic research in some of the esoteric topics of science, specifically the ones for physics and biology for 2015. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.